Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Please stand as you're able for our scripture reading, which comes from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. The first heading is Imitating Christ's Humility. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And this heading says, Do everything without grumbling. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. I'm going to remind you that, uh, that in your bulletins, you have uh, your compass guides, as well as different spaces that you can take notes, uh, so that when the Spirit speaks to you this morning, because I know the Spirit will speak, and I know that you will experience God, whether it's here in this message or, or whether or not you've already experienced God, that you write that down, that you write those moments down so that you don't forget them, so that you will have them in your hearts forever. So I'm going to ask that you pray with me this morning. Gracious and almighty God, God sent your spirit, a spirit of understanding, a spirit of truth, so that we may hear your words today that they may fall afresh on us this morning. God, I ask that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but they would be your words for your people. 
In Jesus' name, amen. So some of you have heard a little bit of the story, but I wanted to share a little bit more with you here. See, I was born and raised in Rockford. My grandparents were actually charter members of my home church, uh, Beth Eden, EUB Church, uh, which actually in 1968 became, became Beth Eden United Methodist Church. I didn't walk through the front doors. I was carried through. You see, I grew up in the church, attending Sunday school, vacation Bible schools, youth groups, singing in the choir, acting at the Bethlehem Marketplace at Christmas time, as well as a host of other things. I, like many of you, learned the stories of Abraham and Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. I was active in the church because that was what I did. It was who I was. I was a severing, son of Jerry and Jane, grandson of Charles and Mary. But then college came. And I traveled to southern Illinois to attend Greenville College and distanced myself from my family and all that I was supposed to be. However, to my amazement, I began to learn about who I truly was, and it really wasn't that much different than who I was trying to leave behind. I learned that I was a child of God and that God had a calling on my life. I just didn't know it all back then. I began to learn more about who Jesus is and, and what Jesus did for me. Not because it was what I was supposed to do, but because I now wanted to. It was an attitude shift. My relationship grew through Bible study and prayer and many other things in my life. My activities, you see, in the church took on a different meaning as I joined the adult choir and other groups. My singing with a, a gospel quartet helped me to grow in my faith through the relationships with this small, very tight-knit group of men. And I began to feel the Spirit working in my life, growing my relationship with Jesus Christ. I am a second-career pastor as I was in the construction equipment rental business for about 20 years before God finally said, no, no, come on, let's go. I need you to follow me because this is what I have. I've got a call into ordained ministry for you. You see, because when I was 18 years old, I was nowhere near ready for this type of calling. But God allowed me the space and time to learn all that I needed to, me, to be mature in this calling. He needed, me to, he needed me to have real-world experience and a multitude of years singing with that quartet to prepare me to stand up in front of a group like all of you and share his message of hope, grace, and love. Over this series, you have heard a lot about the grace of God. You've heard about different forms of grace and different ways we can encounter and participate in this grace. But we need to understand, and I've said this before, that all grace is God's grace. We just experience this one grace of God in many different ways as we continue on in our spiritual journeys. 
I mean, first, you remember, we focused on prevenient grace and how it is God's activity from the very beginning. From that very beginning to the moment that we say yes to God and beyond, this is God reaching out and calling us, calling us to him. But I guess if we really think about God's grace, all grace is prevenient, reaching out and calling us. And then we learned about justifying grace. This is the gift of God by which we accept for ourselves the relationship that God offers us in Jesus Christ. We turn from our ways in repentance and begin our relationship with Jesus, who washes us with this sanctifying grace. I think I said this last week, that it is justifying grace is justified never sinned just as if I'd never sinned. Through Jesus' action on the cross and his resurrection, we are offered this new life. And now, we turn our attention to sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace is the gift of God providing the desire and the power to grow in our relationship with God forever. 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 Just as physical birth begins at the the physical process of growth and maturity, so spiritual birth, such as we talked about last week in Justifying Grace, or that moment that we acknowledge our need of Christ in our life, we turn from our sinful ways, receive this assurance in our salvation. That begins a process of spiritual growth towards maturity. This growth in our relationship with God is the sanctification process. This is where our lives are lived out in that grace. Think of it this way. If we look at God's grace as a house, then we can see that prevenient grace is that front porch. It's that front porch where where you can sit out in the rocking chair and you can have a nice glass of sweet tea, enjoy the comfort of the shade that that provides. Justifying grace is the front door as we make a decision to follow Christ and we enter into the house. Sanctifying grace is the rest of the house. This is where we grow up, where we learn and where we spend all of our lives with God. It's living out our lives in grace. That is sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace is a dynamic power of the Holy Spirit working in and through the heart and life of every believer, each and every one of you. We decide to live our lives for Christ. We are gifted with the Holy Spirit who guides our hearts and our minds, giving us the wisdom and the strength to become all that God has called us to be. God's grace is an active love toward all of us. It's God's love calling out to you and to me, reaching out to you and to me, beckoning all of us. But it is also God's love in action toward others, toward the world God had created. Our response to grace involves both love and action. We can't just have love without the action, but at the same time, we can't have action without the love. 
They forever go together like a classic combination. When the dark, delicious cookie meets an icy, cold sensation like the one and only creamy, crunchy chocolate. O-R-E-O, right? You got this. But this isn't an Oreo and milk thing. It's a faith and works thing. It's an active love and a love in action thing. One involves the other, and neither alone accomplishes much within the kingdom of God. You need both. Sanctifying grace is the process of opening ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit in and through us. When we allow the Holy Spirit to dwell within our lives, we must be ready for the changes that the Spirit brings. We've got to be ready for them. These changes are manifested through changes in our lives, our attitudes, our thoughts, our spiritual disciplines. The Spirit is also manifested through us in our actions, how we treat each other, how we serve each other, how we love each other. The Holy Spirit, you see, equips us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to this world through God's calling, through the spiritual gifts and through equipping us to obey the great commandment and the great commission. You might remember those. The great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Ron just shared a beautiful story about loving a neighbor as himself. And the great commission, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is sanctifying grace. But how do we, how is it that we actually grow in sanctifying grace? How do we live out our lives in that house? Well, first, growth in grace is a natural process. We have to understand that. Jesus has told us that a life in grace is as natural as the life of a branch connected to a healthy vine. When we're connected to that healthy vine, the true vine in Jesus Christ, we will abide in him. Through prayer and worship, we we open ourselves to God. We find ourselves rooted and grounded in love and are intimately connected to Christ. We are able to abide in Jesus, and when we do, he in turn abides with us. And the relationship flourishes. Through study, Christ's word abides in us. We give our minds to God and continue to grow in that mind of Christ. God is revealed to us as we study and we abide in the word. In this natural growth process, we find that we will bear a whole lot of fruit for God's glory, not for ours. In our Christian action, we give our hands to participate in the work of Christ. We all do this between Spirit Lake and pads and the food pantries, all of the different ways that we serve within the community and beyond. This is how we participate in the work of Christ. These works include works of mercy. Works of mercy which are providing for the less fortunate, feeding the hungry, giving water to the thirsty, clothing the naked are just some of those works of mercy 
that we participate in. Works of justice, like offering release to the captives, freedom to the oppressed. These are all attributes in the kingdom of God. As Jesus proclaimed in the beginning of his ministry, you might remember this when Jesus proclaimed as he read from the book of Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We also grow in sanctifying grace when we open up our hearts to receive this grace as a gift. Romans 5, 5 tells us, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. This is a free, unmerited gift of God. His grace and love is something that we neither earn nor deserve. All we have to do is simply open our hearts and receive it. It's that simple. Allow God to truly fill your heart. I I kind of think of it this way, that God kind of fills up our spiritual bucket. Not so that we can lug around a big heavy bucket all throughout the day, but so that we can in turn empty the bucket throughout our days. Get filled up with that spirit. Get filled up with all the stuff that God has for you in his grace. And then throughout the day, like the holes in that bucket on the screen, just let them kind of pour out. Pour out to your neighbors, to your friends, to strangers that you don't know. Allow that grace to to be shared with others around you. You see, we grow in sanctifying grace when we share the grace of Jesus Christ, when we share it with all of those around us and in the community. Through participation in the gathered community and small accountability groups, we receive strength and nurture just as a branch does from the vine, from Sunday school classes, from small groups, from five cups of coffee, that little group. We receive strength and nurture. And I can easily see this happening through Mary Becker's class, her disciple class. The way that that is going to manifest itself in that class through strength and support and nurturing. You see, we must be connected to Jesus, the true vine, so that we can become alive in Christ. And we can learn the mind of Christ. And then we can help one another remain rooted and grounded in God's love. It is all rooted in that relationship with Jesus Christ. If we aren't connected to him intimately, if we aren't praying or studying or abiding with Christ, then we will disconnect from the vine. We're going to wither and we're going to die spiritually. And so we need to stay grafted in the vine. How are you staying grafted in the vine? How are you living out this sanctifying grace? So finally, growing in sanctifying grace means we respond by full participation in the mission of Christ in the world. By the mission of Christ in the world. Now, that does include all of the stuff that we do here as Journey of Hope, but it's even more than that. 
we need to be in full mission of Christ in the world by doing all of those things that bring the kingdom near. We continue to grow in our sanctification, moving towards Christian perfection every day. You remember me asking you a question, a question that was asked of me during ordination? Do you expect to be perfected in this life? And what should your answer be? Yes. Yes, I expect to be perfected in this life. Perfection within the Methodist tradition as we think about it is John Wesley's view of Christian perfection, which is having absolutely nothing but the love of God and the love of neighbor in your heart. We might get there for 30 seconds. (laughs) Shoot for 30 seconds. That's a good starting point. And then maybe it's five minutes. Realize that That this isn't a a plan that once you hit perfection that you stay there and say, ha, I've gotten perfected. I'm good. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm perfected. We, We hit perfection and come down. We hit perfection and come down. We're all broken. Paul tells us that we have all fallen short of the grace of God. But by the grace of God, we still receive it. So you might, beginning, you might begin to see this path that we've kind of talked about with, with prevenient grace, with justifying grace, and now sanctifying grace. This kind of is John Wesley's view of his order of salvation. The order of salvation, the ordo salutis is what he would call it. But know that it's not this linear path that you just move straight up the line, up to perfection. That there are hiccups, that we come back and we keep moving upwards and downwards as we, as we go through this life, as we live in that house of sanctifying grace. But I think we also need to be aware that there's something more that we need to talk about. And that's going to come next week. You see, sometimes we experience barriers to grace. These can be seen as obstacles. And many times, Those obstacles are things that we do to ourselves. And so I'm just going to leave you with that one. You're going to have to come back next week and kind of figure out what those obstacles are and what what your obstacles are. Because I'll tell you what, we all have different ones. We're all not the same in those obstacles. And so you'll, you'll, you'll hear about those next week. But again, how do you live into sanctifying grace? How are you living into sanctification? Or as Paul says in this letter to Philippians, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Are you working out your salvation? Are you living in sanctifying grace? Have you made that choice? Have you experienced justifying grace? Or are you still just hearing God's voice calling you, calling out to you with that prevenient grace? No matter where you are in this, in this process, no matter where you are, that is right where God needs you at this moment. Trust that God is working in your life and God is bringing you into that sanctifying grace and allowing you to, to live into this house of sanctifying grace and sharing in that grace of Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me?
almighty and powerful God. God, we are in awe sometimes of of the ways that you love us, the ways that you care for us. And so, God, as we hear about your grace yet again, your amazing grace, help us to understand where we are. Help us to understand if, if we are in this mode of prevenient grace where you are calling out to us, that you are challenging us and we are listening to that challenge. Or whether or not we're standing at the door and we're ready to open it and enter in through that justifying grace to make a decision to follow you, to follow your son, Jesus Christ. Or maybe we have been living in the house for so long. Help us to know that that while we might have reached perfection at a moment or two, that we continue to grow. We continue to grow in this sanctifying grace. God, guide us through study, through prayer, through small groups. Help us to truly grow. Help us to reach perfection time and time again. And help us to live out our lives in this grace until that day that we meet you face to face. And then we are enveloped by that grace all the more. God, all this we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand as you are able and join in our closing hymn. And as you, as you sing these all familiar words, these familiar words of just a closer walk with thee, that maybe you think about where you are in your Christian walk. And how close is Jesus to you this morning? Are you walking here? Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Are you walking daily? Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. I hope you are walking daily with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, walking with Him through this sanctifying grace. And so now as we get ready to leave this place, go knowing that that Christ walks with you. That God is by your side all the time. So daily walking is what we desire. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.